You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 293, Small Groups in the Year 2020, Part 3. You know, over the last couple of episodes, we've been talking about the importance of community, the importance of building strong relationships in our churches, especially during this crazy, topsy-turvy year. This has been a crazy year for everybody and especially for those of us that are involved in pastoring and leading other people. I I would say a a week doesn't go by. I would say probably a a day or two doesn't go by over the last six, eight months when I've I've talked to someone going through some pastoral issue. And I'm not even a full-time pastor as far as being on staff. But, uh, But just because of the pastoral role that we have in our church... I'm talking to people on a regular basis that are going through things, and people need connection, they need relationship, and they need community. So we're talking about building small groups into your churches, um, strengthening what you've already got, raising up new leaders. Um, We've talked about that today. The first thing we want to jump into is how do we run our group? How do we run the group? Um, you know, like I said, there's different types of groups. I've mentioned some of my friends who do running groups or athletic groups. Others do maybe a more of a Bible study or uh, maybe it's more of a book study. Whatever it is, um, how do you run it? What is your format? Well, I'm going to give you three F's to start with. The first one is food. Listen, if you've got food, people are going to show up. Um, We've got a couple of groups that are in our church that absolutely outdo themselves every time they meet because the food is so spectacular. So there's no surprise that 15 or 20 people show up for these meetings. Um, You know, there are literally some some of our our, our connect groups um, have 15 or 20 people show up, sometimes even more. And, you know, is it just because of the food? No, of course not. But it sure does help when you've got great food. And then obviously around the food, you create an atmosphere of, of fun. Um, you know, you'll hear laughter. You'll hear people um, enjoying being with each other and catching up on each other's lives. So there's this great feeling of fun, but also this feeling of fellowship. We're in this together. We're building connections. We're, we're, we're sharing lives with each other. When you look into these groups that, that, that we've got you know, throughout our church or any other great church has, you see shared history. You see people who, who have, have been friends for maybe some time, these relationships, and these are tight, these are powerful, and these are so 
important. So those are the three things we always start with. But then, what about for a more traditional group, and I'm not talking about, you know, a running group or a biking group or, or whatever. I'm talking about a more traditional group, um, you know, some type of study or some type of spiritual um, growth component, maybe a discipleship group. Um, how do you run that? And what, what type of curriculum do you use? And that's a great question. I get that all the time. You know, what's the best curriculum or the best thing to do um, in your small group? Well, the first thing I always say is no weird stuff. And granted, that's kind of subjective because, you know, what some people think is weird, other people might not. So I'll actually go a couple of steps farther. Let's give people, let's give the people in our connect group, let's give the people in our small group some practical tools that they can use to help in their lives. Studying um, the beast and the Antichrist and wondering who that might be from Revelation, you know, might tickle our ears and make us feel good, but that's not really going to help us live our lives. Um, you know, we want things that are actually going to help us during our week, things that are going to be practical. So let's give people some things that are going to help them. Here's some examples. Some groups enjoy taking the pastor's message that he preached that past Sunday and maybe digging in a little bit deeper. This is especially good if you're going through a particular sermon series and you can kind of work through it together because obviously on Sunday there's not an opportunity for real interaction with the pastor. I mean, you can maybe ask him some questions afterwards, but in a small group setting, what a great opportunity to kind of go through and look a little more in depth at what the pastor's sharing. And the benefit of this is you're getting that message deep into the life of the church. If you're a pastor, um, I can't imagine any pastor on the planet not wanting their small groups to discuss the message during the week. This is such a great, great way to make sure that message gets disseminated. And you know, when I speak to pastors, and I do that quite often, when I when I talk to pastors, I always tell them, I say, listen, don't get your feelings hurt if your people don't remember your message by Wednesday. People t- have a tendency to forget what they hear. If they if you don't take notes on Sunday, if you don't interact and and and, and jot a few things down, you'll probably forget, you know, what your pastor preached on. But when you go into your connect group and you discuss it, man, what a great way to get it into your spirit, to get it into your mind, and to refresh it. So, discussing the the pastor's sermon is a great way to go. Some type of book study, and obviously, you know, you want to make sure it's nothing weird. Um, as we said, but we actually have a, a, a long list of approved books. And pretty much if you came to us and said, hey, listen, I want to study this book, we'd take a look at it. And 99% of the time we'd say, yeah, go for it. Um, we just want to make sure, like I say, there's nothing theo- theologically that's off or crazy. And we want to make sure it's practical. But a good book study is a fantastic way to go. Um, another thing that we're really encouraging some of our groups to do is use the Bible reading plans on Uversion. If you haven't downloaded the Uversion app, download it. It's free. It's probably the best Bible app out there. And it's full of um, not just the Bible, but it's also got some wonderful Bible reading plans. And some of these are three days. Some of them are five days, seven days, 12 days. Some are a month. But um, for instance... In our church, our small groups, our connect groups go in 12-week cycles. 
And so if you can find a great 12-week devotional from the version, um, or even, you know, two six weeks, it doesn't matter, but these are great ways to go. The material is excellent. Um, there's some really good ones out there. I'm currently helping lead one right now for men on leadership. And we started off with a seven-week study by Craig Groeschel. And actually, it's a seven-day study. We just stretch it out. And we say, look, just read it every day. Re- read this lesson each day for a week and meditate on it. And then we'll talk about it on Saturday. And so we're going through the through that one. And then we'll jump into another one and finish out the semester with. So this is free material. It's good material. Some of it's even video-based. Uh, some of the studies have short videos that go along with them. And how great is that? That even makes your job easier. You know, you play the five or ten minute video and then go through the discussion questions. It's fantastic. So if you haven't checked out the version uh, Bible reading plans, these are great, great uh, places to pull some curriculum from. And then another really, really um, successful thing that, that so many folks we know that are doing, um, in our Connect groups anyway, is using the one-year Bible. Now, the one-year Bible is... Um, something that we as a church have been doing for a few years now. Uh, our pastor believes very strongly in this, is you know, for all of us to be reading the Bible together. And so, every year for the last several years at Christmas, um, they give everybody in the church a one-year Bible. And so every day, um, whatever the date is, you've got a, a passage from the Old Testament, usually a chapter or two. You've got uh, a passage from the New Testament, usually a chapter or so, a Psalm, and then a few verses from Proverbs. Um, it takes about takes me about 15, 20 minutes to kind of work my way through it, sometimes longer if I'm really kind of, you know, digging in a little bit. But we have groups, connect groups, that are built around the one-year Bible. And so, um, you know, this is great because you can say, hey, listen, what, what, what jumped out at you this week? And so somebody will pull something out of, you know, the Old Testament. Somebody else will say, man, this passage in the New Testament really is exactly what I needed to hear. And so... There's some great discussion. If you're the leader, man, what a great opportunity to lead some great discussion to find out what your people are hearing or not hearing from God's Word. And if somebody's consistently not getting something out of God's Word, then, you know, maybe they need a little help on knowing how to read it. And and, uh, something. this is a great teaching point to learn how to read the Bible. So just something to think about. And then the last thing. So we've talked about food, fun, and fellowship. We've talked about our our teaching, discussion, and sharing. And, and when we talk about the teaching and discussion and sharing, we use pretty much the, the 70-30 rule or the 80-20 rule. In other words, the, the leader should only talk 20 to 30% of the time. Um, we believe really strongly that in our connect groups, we want every voice to be heard. Because if somebody doesn't get the opportunity to participate then they're, they're, they're going to leave feeling like they had nothing to offer. So we want to really draw out what God's doing in people's hearts. Obviously, I'm going to be, if I'm the leader, I'm going to lead the discussion. I'm going to share a few points. I'm going to kind of help people. But I'm going to be the one who guides the discussion, not the person who dominates it. So this is a really, really good way to go when you're putting your small groups together. Um, and then the last thing that we're still talking about running our groups is to have prayer. Um, remember, we're talking about um, in our in our first session on connect groups that we talked about um, the importance of having pastoral care take place in the groups. Well, that often takes place in the the context of prayer. 
you know, people have an issue and, you know, if, if you're in a big church, getting to the pastor and having him pray for you sometimes can be difficult, but then having six or seven of your friends in a connect group pray for you can be just as powerful or even more powerful. So um, having some time of prayer, putting some prayer requests out there, taking turn to pray, giving people an opportunity to pray, this is such a great way because it helps people connect with God and connect with each other on a deeper level. Now, I'm going to talk about digital groups because with the whole COVID-19, in many settings, people are having to still use digital groups. Um, I think I mentioned we're doing we're doing both. I mean, some people are choosing to use a digital group for whatever reason. Um, others are meeting in person. But in some settings, in some churches, in some jurisdictions in the U.S. where the states are still closed, people are having to meet digitally. The only way they can get together and connect is online. So let's talk talk about it. Which platform do you want to use? Um, I would recommend probably one of two. We've used Google Hangouts. I like Google Hangouts. It's not perfect, but it's an easy platform to use. Um, it's unlimited as, as far as the time. In other words, there's no limit on how long your meeting can be. The quality tends not to be as good as something like Zoom, but it's definitely functional. So Google Hangouts is a, is a great way to go. Um, I actually prefer using Zoom, but the free version, you're only allowed to have 40-minute meetings. So, um, you know, obviously in, in some settings, uh, meetings that I'm part of, um, the other people that I'm working with maybe have an unlimited Zoom account because of their job. Or if it's something that's being done through the church, that's an unlimited Zoom account. But for, for you to set up a Zoom account and then to run a meeting, it's only going to be able to be 40 minutes long. Um, although some people I know will just set up back-to-back meetings and then just log out and log back, log back in, but that can be a little cumbersome. But Zoom is a great platform. Google Hangouts works. Um, you know, other people might be using Skype or something else, but but these are the two that I found probably work the best. But now, what about the different dynamic? I mean, let's face it. I mean, there's nothing that takes the place of sitting across from somebody physically. Um, I'm thankful for the technology. The technology is awesome, but it's definitely uh, not perfect. So, so what do we do? How do we deal with a different dynamic? Well, we have to work that much harder to stay engaged. Um, and this really comes down to who's leading the meeting and how you're going to lead it. Um, one of the, the things that we'll often do in some of our, especially a smaller meeting, you can't really do this if you've got you know, 50 or 100 people on, but in a smaller meeting when we're having a connect group on, uh, on, on Zoom, We'll actually start off with maybe an icebreaker, um, you know, something funny. What was the craziest thing you did in high school? Or what was your first car? Or what was your first job? Or how did you meet your significant other if it's a couples group? Um, but you start off with an icebreaker, you know, just kind of something fun and light. And you get people talking because now we're getting to know each other a little better. But we're also, you know, having kind of that sitting around the table setting that we would have if we were together, and that fellowship time. And then let's go into the meat of the meeting. So if we're, we're, we're doing the one-year Bible, we would jump into, okay, so this, this week, you know, we, 
we, we read from this passage and this passage and this passage. So what, what jumped out at you? And then calling on people. Um, what I see often is connect leaders will, will throw a question out there and they'll just wait for somebody to answer. And I get it. We don't want to put people on the spot. But what I found is it's often better to wait for a minute, have that pause, and then call on somebody because it gets it flowing. If you just wait, you've got this incredibly awkward silence that just doesn't work so well. And so having a little bit of awkward silence is okay, but we don't want too much of it. So so I love to throw a question out there, and I'll wait a minute, and if somebody doesn't answer, I'll say, hey, Joe, what do you think? Tell me, tell me your thoughts on this. And, you know, they'll usually go ahead and answer, and we'll have a, have a little bit of a discussion, and maybe somebody else will jump in and... And then I'll say, well, you know, hey, Bob, what about you? What do you think? And so now we get the discussion going, and we'll have a little interaction, and then maybe somebody else will jump in, and it tends to work really good. And then, as we said, we always want to wrap up with prayer. And so we'll have a time of praying. Maybe I'll call on somebody. Maybe I'll lead the prayer, but we'll have some prayer requests, and then we'll close it out. So so the digital format really can work effectively, but you also have to understand the, the the different dynamic that comes with it. And then the last thing is, wh- wh- where do you turn for help? You've, you've got this connect group going now. You're getting started in your church, and how does how does this all work? I mean, what happens when you run run into trouble? What happens when one of the couples in your group explodes, and you know they're separated? And you know what happens when somebody in your group finds out that they're um, you know, parents dying of cancer or whatever. And typically in your church, you'll have some type of um, authority structure or chain of command that you'll, you know, go to and pass this information on. That's very important. But uh, but just as far as you, you know, just when you need some help with something, with a, with a particular area, maybe you've got a difficult person in your group, you know, the first place I'd always turn is to a peer, another connect leader, maybe somebody who's been involved a little bit longer than you have. Maybe go to them and say, look, I got this person in my group that just won't be quiet. Every week it's all about them and their problem and nobody else can get a word in edgewise and I just don't know how to deal with it. And ask them how they deal with it because there's an art to it. There's a science to it. And and it's really important that this be dealt with because the last thing you want to do is have a 12-week semester and you've got somebody who just dominates every conversation every single week. So Talk to a peer. Talk to a friend. Say, hey, look, what do I do? Um, and then if, if, if you don't get any relief from, from, a, from a peer, then maybe go up to one of the pastors or one of the leaders in the church and, you know, ask them for whatever it is that you're dealing with. Um, the main thing is that we're working together and nobody feels like they're by themselves, that nobody feels like they're on their own. Well, all right, we are going to wrap this series up right here. Obviously, there are so many things we could talk about with small groups or connect groups, but I want to let you know, if you need some help, I'm here for you. If I can help you or your church in any way, putting a small group uh, structure together, um, just kind of giving you some more ideas, I'd be happy to talk with you, david at davidspell.com. If you have any questions about what we've talked about over the last few weeks, by all means, shoot me a a question, go to davidspell.com. You can leave me a question or comment there, or you can email me. It would be good to hear from you. 
While you're at davidspell.com, make sure you leave me your email address so we can stay in touch. Well, friends, thanks for being with me, and I'll see you next week on Leading and Leading.